sponsored by Capital Access Alliance. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Wednesday, July 19th, and it's also my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Israeli President Isaac Herzog will be speaking to Congress at 11 a.m., and this comes a day after Republicans sought to put Democrats on the defensive regarding their support for the state of Israel. I'm sure you saw, but over the weekend, Congressional Progressive Caucus leader Pramila Jayapal found herself in hot water when she called Israel a, quote, racist country. Now, she apologized and walked that back. But that sort of gave Republicans an opening to attack Democrats as a party that does not stand with the Jewish state. And yesterday, Republicans put a bipartisan resolution on the floor to underscore the U.S. support for the state of Israel that passed by 412 to nine votes. And of course, the nine who opposed it were a lot of progressive Democrats, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, etc. And even though there was overwhelming support by Democrats for this measure, Republicans still, of course, use that small group of opposition to say the party is fracturing when it comes to supporting Israel. Also happening today in the House, lawmakers will consider the FAA reauthorization. We don't expect that vote until tomorrow, but if you're interested in tracking all things delays, cancellation, aviation chaos, you should be following this because it will impact your travels. Former Vice President Mike Pence is going to be in New Hampshire today for the beginning of a three-day swing, and President Joe Biden is going to be meeting with the Competition Council to talk about lowering prices for Americans. Also at the White House tonight, the administration is hosting the congressional picnic on the South Lawn, so expect a bunch of Hill staffers to head over that way tonight. But of course, the big news today is the continued fallout over the target letter that Donald Trump received from special counsel Jack Smith. Now, you might be wondering, wait a second, he was already indicted. What's going on? Of course, this is a potential sign of another indictment coming down the road. And this morning to discuss that, I have my colleague Kyle Cheney, who has followed all things January 6th related. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Good to be with you. So I think for a lot of us here in D.C., We sort of already thought Donald Trump was a target of this investigation that Jack Smith was doing, and not just on the classified documents issue, which he's already been indicted for, but on January 6th. So what is the significance of what we saw yesterday? The presumption that he was a target is correct, and you could see them building a case around him. They're bringing in everyone in his circle. They brought in Mike Pence to interview about all this stuff. But to to formally declare him a target, to tell him you are a target, that's a very specific legal term that means something. And it means that an indictment is probably imminent, could be a matter of days. And one of the reasons we know that is not just that it's typical, it's also that it's happened twice already with Donald Trump. He got target letters, few days passed, I think in the Manhattan case, it was a couple of weeks, but then the indictments came. And so it seems pretty safe to say, even Trump himself said, This usually means you get arrested and indicted. (laughs) That's because it's happened to him twice already, and he knows that that's the process. And it sounds like he has until Thursday to decide if he wants to at all weigh in on the grand jury. Mm -hmm. I mean, does that mean we could see an indictment as soon as Friday? I do think that's possible. Friday seems to be the earliest possible time. I would say, given the, the track record, it probably is more likely the following week. But it seems like end of the month is a very real possibility for an indictment. What about the charges against him? What do we know about those? Very little. There's a report out, I think, in Rolling Stone that suggests a range of charges. I think it was witness tampering was one, although that may be a euphemism for obstruction of an official proceeding because there are some related 
statutes and obstruction of an official proceeding. That's the big one. That's the one for interfering with the congressional session on January 6th. There's the possibility of a conspiracy to defraud the United States. That's a very broad, vague statute that allows prosecutors to say if you did something that was kind of dishonest in a way that affected the functioning of government, you can be charged for that. These are both, by the way, what I just mentioned, obstruction and fraud the United States, things that the January 6th committee recommended that he be charged for. And in fact, a judge out in California kind of agreed that during these January 6th committee proceedings that Trump and John Eastman, one of his lawyers at the time, likely committed those crimes. So it wouldn't be shocking to see those on Jack Smith's shortlist. Do we know how long or what types of sentencing he could see if he was convicted of charges like that? We're in uncharted territory here. So now obstruction of an official proceeding it always sounds crazy. It has a 20-year maximum sentence. Hundreds of people charged for storming the Capitol on January 6th got charged with obstruction. None of them are getting 20 years. They're getting two, three, four years for obstruction. And there's a whole variety of factors that come into play. It's the gravity of the crime. It's what's your criminal history? What have other people in your shoes gotten in similar cases? Well, there is no similar case to this one. So a judge would have to evaluate this in a very different prism than we've ever seen. A couple last questions for you. There was some news out of Michigan regarding the Michigan Attorney General bringing charges against Republicans who are going to be, you know, that alternative slate of electors Mm -hmm. for Trump in 2020. What do we know about this case? It's a big milestone because these are the first people other than those who actually stormed the Capitol to be charged for something related to January 6th, something related to the effort to overthrow the election. So whether you think the charges are merited or not, it's a big marker when you've crossed that threshold from the people who physically stormed the Capitol to the ones who may have instigated it by trying to motivate people to believe the election was stolen and to put in place mechanisms that could have actually overturned the election. The question was always, Did they know what they were being used for or were they just told, sign this paper and we'll take care of the rest? I think that's what they're going to say they did. And the Michigan attorney general obviously disagrees and says, you know, what you did violated several statutes in the state. Pretty serious potential sentences for these crimes as well for what was sometimes viewed as a close call kind of a case. Really fascinating stuff. And of course, we'd be remiss not to mention that there were some updates in the classified documents case regarding the time frame of that trial. Can you give us an update on that and what the judge said? Yes. I mean, the update is sort of a lack of an update, which was, I mean, Judge Cannon <laughs> sort of had, it was her first chance for her first actually open court proceeding where she had the parties in front of her. So that they got to see her for the first time in the courtroom. But she basically said, I'm not ready to set a trial date yet. Sounds like she was very skeptical of the Justice Department wanting that trial in December, which is just a few months away, but also not inclined to wait until the end of 2024 or early 2025, which is what Donald Trump wants. So it'll be happening right after he wins the nomination. Exactly. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, I've kept you long enough. This is awesome. And I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. And for more political news and headlines, visit politico.com slash playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening. Ronald Reagan, Washington National Airport, is the only airport in the country that is subject to a federally imposed perimeter rule, which limits flight options, stifles competition, increased costs, and forces travelers to waste countless hours on unnecessary connecting flights. DCA has the capacity to offer travelers more choices at lower prices near and far. Get the facts at CapitalAccessAlliance.com.